All right. Uh, welcome, one and all, listener, uh, listeners Hello. out there to the second episode of the Double Select podcast. Uh, my name is Evan. That over there is Jordan. You can't see That's him, me. but you can hear him. There he is. Hello. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, here we are. Episode two uh, of the uh, podcast. And, Level um, Select podcast. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Coming at you not live. Not live. A <laughs> couple of things that I just wanted to mention quickly before we kind of jump into things. First of all, um, we the podcast is on, should be on Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure. It's been submitted. I don't know if it's actually there yet, um, but it should be there soon if it is not there already. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. You can find it over there. Uh, should be on Stitcher. Uh, Google Podcasts should be over there as well. Uh, so should be on all of your favorite places to find podcasts. And if we're not, uh, let us know. Speaking of, you can actually uh, contact us now. We have a, an email address. So that there is podcast at levelselect.net. Not .com. .com was taken. Don't do that. That's it's not us. <laughs> those, are, those are bad, bad people. Don't contact them. Contact <laughs> us. Contact us. That is levelselect. No, it is podcast at levelselect.net. Um, and if email is not your thing, if you're a Twitter person, we've got a Twitter account at levelselectpod. So all the social medias, come come have fun with us. Come join in. Join in the conversation. Well, so far it's only Twitter, but that's that's fine. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. We're slowly re- uh, crawling out of our shell of uh, social... Um, you know, becoming a social butterfly. So uh, <laughs> that'll, it'll probably happen with time. Um, so with that out of the way, uh, I just want to kind of maybe outline for for you uh, listeners out there kind of what, how we're going to, what we're going to do here, what we're going to cover, because I didn't really do it last week. I just kind of jumped into things. Um, we're going to dive into a particular uh, topic uh, or discussion that we've kind of decided on upon ourselves beforehand. Um, and for this week, uh, the topic that we want to uh, dive into um, is going to be around the idea of game preservation, game archival, um, and a multitude of different things about that. And uh, some some things that have happened uh, kind of in the news. Well, it's not it's not news now. Uh, it was news maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the PlayStation Store and uh, some other other things going on there. But before we get into any of that i wanted to run through a couple of headlines news headlines over the past week that i thought were kind of interesting and i would like to pick your brain jordan so pick it pick at that ow big old not brain. that hard <laughs> i'll be gentle <laughs> so <laughs> f- gently nibble my brain please <laughs> i'm sorry go on <laughs> the first of uh these uh headlines that i wanted to uh, go through. It's actually not so much of a headline, uh, but it is a tweet uh, from if Twitter would load for me right now that'd be great. Uh, it's from uh, at G27status on Twitter Mr. Pa- Mr. Maddie Plays um, and it is concerning Starfield. Uh, there has been a um, what do you call it? What's the trademark? <laughs> trademark has been filed for Starfield and as part of that, uh, they have dated it 2021. 
Um, now it's just a trademark. There's no no official release date out there yet. Um, but it's um, what it's a, is Starfield? We don't know yet, and we can get into it. Uh, that's the beauty I, of it. I would like to get into it uh, just for a quick minute, but I just wanted to kind of uh, maybe mention why this is a little bit, little bit interesting, and why this might uh might be worth something. Is that when the trademarks for Fallout Four uh, and Dishonored Two and Doom Eternal were filed, they were all filed with the dates that those games were released. Oh, um, you know, so Fallout Four was filed uh, with a 2015 date, Dishonored 2 filed with 2017, and Doom Eternal filed with 2020. Um, And I think there's some legal ramifications for it. Like, I think if you're filing a trademark, you have to, you know, you have to say when it is going to be publicly available. Certain amount of time, yeah, yeah. In order to actually get the trademark or something. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how it works. But I've I've heard these things on the internet. (laughs) Starfield has been filed for 2021. And it is May so far. We're nearly halfway through this year. All we know is that the game exists. I think we had a teaser trailer at one point in the past with a title. I'm looking uh, at a picture. A one picture. picture. Yeah. A, a JPEG image. <laughs> one compressed image, please. Hold all the details. <laughs> so we don't know what this game is yet. And it's been filed for 2021. Um, now I want to throw it over to you, Jordan. Um, w- do you think, so we kind of, we kind of teased a bit of it sort of in the last episode, uh, about Fallout 4 and how it was an, or fo- yeah, Fallout 4 was announced and revealed, announced and released it announced all in like, you know, it was announced and then four months later the game came it's out. A couple whatever. of months. Yeah. 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 So do you think... Do you think we find out what Starfield is at E3 in like a month or, or whenever in, E3 is? In digital E3. In D- D- E3. Um, D- D3. D3. Uh, I don't know because from what I've read about Starfield so far, which is very little, um, it seems that they're they're like really selling the game on these complex systems in game um so i don't know if that's going to need a little bit of explaining and some hype to be built around a trailer first for a new ip like this before it comes out because i mean uh fucking uh, todd howard can come out and just be like fallout 5 and everybody knows fallout and they'll go oh my god i'm buying that but with something a bit new and different um does it need more explaining or does it need a little bit more time to to kind of sit with us and or is it just going to be i don't know I, I i can't think of a game unless you can think of one off the top of your head that was a new ip that was teased and just came out pretty quickly after that you know there's not lately anyway yeah that it, it is a good point that you mentioned and it's not something that i actually thought of before uh is that it is a new ip and you know it's it's a new a new setting and everything so it's not you know that probably will like i mean it like i mean it's not like they're announcing it uh this year we've no we know about the game they have announced it already um so 
we kind of know it's coming. You know, at the time that Fallout 4 was announced, it was just rumored. There was no confirmation that that game, as far as I'm aware anyway, there was no confirmation that that game was like even in development until it was officially announced. It was all rumors. Um, mm. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, you, you raise a good point. Um, I, in my opinion, um, I don't, I think they can get away with it. And I think it's because it's the, you know, it is the Bethesda Game Studios team. It is the, um, you know, it's the Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, Fallout 4 team. It, and I think I'm fairly certain that Todd Howard is helming the ship for Starfield. Um, so I but think... Evan, when I see Todd Howard's name in the news, I get scared. What, what <laughs> hell should I feel about this? <laughs> Why do you get scared? <laughs> because he is a promiser of many things and I'm not saying that Fallout 4 was bad in any way. I personally didn't 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 like it as much as as the others. Um I liked the freshness of New Vegas. I liked Fallout 3. I did not like the steps that they took in Fallout 4 where he was coming out and it's like, yeah, it's like Fallout, but cool. But it's like, no, it's like <laughs> Fallout, but without the dialogue options. You know, it's... it's... So, so then are you... Like, I mean, we don't know anything about Starfield. Are you anticipating Starfield? Are you... Or are you... Ho- like, are you waiting until the game comes out? Or comes out d- to... Just as whole as a consumer and I see Bethesda um, the last project that they worked on that came out was Fallout 76 If yeah. is it, am I right on that? Uh, I think so in terms of like that Bethesda, that studio and Todd Howard I think that is the last released game um, it's always the last thing that, that you've that you've tasted will leave a taste in your mouth and that's still lingering um uh, so I feel like I would like to see a bit of Starfield, let it gestate for a little bit, and get more than I normally would out of a, a surprise reveal and drop a couple of months later. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm all for games coming out. Maybe I'm just talking crap, but <laughs> I do, I, I'm just not a fan of Bethesda these days, to be honest. And, uh, and a new IP is exciting, so maybe... Maybe it would be, it would be better to just go boom. There you go. Play around with it. Yeah. Um. Like I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I um. You know, in terms of what's coming out, like I mean, I know, I think, pretty sure Bethesda are having their own, uh, sort of um, E uh, three style conference thing. Fucking who is it this year? <laughs> so like, so but like, uh, you know, they're not, they're not going to be. I'm sure they'll have things that are like part of the Microsoft uh, or Xbox one, but they're going to have their own one separately. Um, mm. And there's definitely a lot of things like you know they can talk about Elder Scrolls Online, they can talk about Fallout 76 and all of these things. Um, Wasn't Bethesda I, bought by Microsoft? They were, but they they have come out and said that they're having a separate. Co- so Xbox oh, is going to have okay. a conference, and Bethesda are going to have their own separate. Uh, event or conference or whatever it would probably happen like a day apart or whatever yeah and there might cheeky. be some co- there might a have some cheeky crossover. with xbox but yeah um personally like i mean i would like i would like to see um you know the the fallout for like i'd like to see them say hey starfield it's been like 
three, four years <laughs> since we've, you know, mentioned anything about this game. Here's here's a trailer. Here's some <laughs> some gameplay. Here's some systems, whatever. Um, mm. Would I like a release date? Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's it's it is interesting that you that you you know you you mentioned about Fallout Fallout seventy six and even Fallout four. Um. You know, I don't know how it's going to be received, but I do think that there's, I do think there's enough kind of gravitas around that team and around Todd Howard that I think they can still get away with it. I think they're still going to get the hype. Oh, uh, um, I think a hundred percent. Yeah, they, they, you know, it, there are always going to be loyal Bethesda fans, and they're they're going long enough and they're big enough to just to sell games uh, on on name alone. So if if it did just drop, um, just like kaboom, there's. There's Starfield. I'm sure it would sell really well. Um, so I think I would say the likelihood is probably high. Um, mm. does the game actually come out in 2021? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it got delayed and pushed. Um, you know, sometime like maybe like for like first couple of months of 2022, that would be expected. But um, maybe if they were Christmas to if they were to come out and say you know. Hey, release date is December. You know, December tenth or whatever. They if they do a cyberpunk, mm-hmm. like you know, kind of that end of December release date, I kind of I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they are the kind of usual ones to go for like a November, November, December release date, aren't they? Or am I am I thinking of that wrong? Um, I think so. Skyrim, Skyrim was November. It was mm-hmm. 11, 11, 11. That was November eleven eleventh, and Fallout I think was around that same time. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. It would kind of fit within the typical Bethesda, Bethesda thing. And to be honest, I would, you know, I would just like to 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 see that, like, you know, hour long conference where Todd Howard just comes up and doesn't leave <laughs> and talks about Starfield. T- sir, sir, Mr. Howard, Mr. Howard, you're going to have to. Need, there's other speakers, we, Mr. Howard. We need you to leave the stage. Just will not Mr. leave. He <laughs> comes over the, the the mega speaker like Mr. Howard, please leave the stage, and he just keeps fucking plowing through. <laughs> so uh moving on from that the second uh sort of uh, piece of news that i wanted to talk about uh is it takes two selling one million Ooh. copies shows that players want co-op only games joseph farris says i'm Yay. reading from adam bankhurst at ign uh Ooh. this came out and this was posted on the 23rd of, of april um so this, so this came out um uh, you know, and this is game director uh, Joseph Harris. Uh, he's saying that players want co-op only games. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you first of all: Have you have you played this game? Um, Myself and my girlfriend completed it last night. Oh, cool, 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 cool! Great um, game. Yeah. Okay. So maybe then you can kind of chime in with uh, with a little bit of discussion here. I have not played the game. I definitely want to. Um, and it, it, similar, it is something that I would like to play with, uh, with my girlfriend. Um, we, in the past we've played, we, like, she doesn't play a whole lot of games, but we have played, um, we played Overcooked 1 and 2 together and mm. like completely 100%. We've got all, like all full stars on every single mission on that game, on those games. Those are great. And It Takes Two was the kind of thing that, uh, <laughs> I think was right up our alley in terms of, um, you know, what we wanted to play together. We also played Unravel 2 together. Um, that was another another fun Great one. Great game. Uh, we, 
but we we haven't gotten around to it mainly because we we uh we ended up having a baby so <laughs> so we just uh, don't have time to play games together um so maybe it's something we'll get to down the line but i um i i got i wanted to ask you then so so you you've played the game you finished it um mm-hmm. what is uh what is your opinion on the game uh firstly and secondly um you know do you think that there is like a a, a hole or a gap in uh the games that are coming out over the past couple of years for this kind of thing do you think that we did that this would be welcome if there was more kind of like co-op tailored experiences i mean it's yeah yes is the answer yes is the answer to all of it do i like the game yes um the local... okay let's move on <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the news goodbye um so it's a gap that seems to be created by the companies that make the games because i mean local co-op was always a thing um for ps pretty much ps1 ps2 xbox xbox 360 um xbox one is where it started dropping off kind of around those uh, 2013s late late or early 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 20 teens um and then I think, what was their... It's Hazel Light Studios made It Takes Two, and their first game was Brothers. That came out, I played a small bit of that, I never finished it, but I did appreciate that style, that that very much local co-op, or not local co-op, but I mean co-op only gameplay. Thought it was amazing. Really needed to be built upon. And then a couple of years later, they brought out uh, A Way Out, which I played full through with my friend Dean. And myself and Dean absolutely loved it. Um, great story to it. Twists and turns, great mechanics. Very, very much the same sort of co-op style game. But short. Um, thought it was nearly, looking back, kind of a proof of concept. Like, this could work in a, in a long game. And then, It Takes Two comes out. And I could tell immediately it's the same studio. Um, and right off the bat, after completing it now last night, it's... It's a long enough game. I started to kind of feel it towards the end because we were at it for between 16 to 18 hours. Um, okay, that, that's good. Total. But it keeps everything fresh. There's new mechanics, every new section, and the the story is whatever, um, to be honest, because the without getting into anything, the whole thing is... Um, Two parents, they have a daughter, they're not happy, so they uh, look to get a divorce, and they're magically transported into these two little dolls. Um, and then it goes from there. The story gets put off by the creepiest little girl in any, uh, any game ever, because her face, or she is the, like shark eyes, they're so <laughs> dead and so like pitch black. She's a creepy voice. But anyway, other than that, fantastic game. And the fact that it's selling well makes me really happy. We need more, not just local co-ops and fucking in, in shooters and in Halo and all that kind of stuff. But I think we need these kind of everybody in the room, puzzle solving, dependent on each other, sort of a, nearly like a team building game. Have you have you played any, any other previous games? Uh, so I have played uh, Brothers. Um, I only it was only maybe two years ago, I think, when I when I played that. Um, 
Uh, it was on game, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, I presume it still is. I'm not actually sure. Um, but it was when I played it at the time. Um, and I thought it was great. Uh, I, I had heard good things about it back when it came out. Um, and I just never got around to it. I don't know. It was never it, not something that I picked up. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed it still after after however many years that it, it had been out. Um, and uh, I, thought, I thought it was a good experience. I thought it was interesting as well. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't know if there is... I presume there is a co-op option in that game, but I played it single player. So I, you know, I controlled both characters with the same, on the one controller. Did forget that that was an option one. for that one, yeah. Yeah, you control one with the left stick and the other with the right stick. And I think left trigger controls one of them and right trigger controls the other in terms of their actions. I think their selling point for the local co-op part was you share a controller, if I oh, remember okay. correctly. Okay. Um, that would make sense, I suppose. Um. But, but yeah, I thought that was good. Um, a Way Out I is a game that I have not played. And at the time that it came out, I didn't even know that it was the same studio. Um, uh, I obviously since uh, discovered that. Um, but it is a game that I wanted, I liked the idea of. Um, purely from, uh, you know, it's it was it was a co-op game. And like, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I don't, I don't know that it makes for interesting conversation or discussion, but I kind of agree with you. Like, I, I do think that there is a need for for co op games. Um, you know, I kind of think back to, uh, like, like so, like Portal Two. Um, you know, that's I think that is a great co op experience. Um, you know, and especially like you know the like like the puzzle solving kind of aspect kind of lends really well uh to the to that um kind of thing but i also like i think the the gap in potential gap in the market i think is just um i think it is really for like um not exclusively couples but i think that is kind of uh what the market is because like like i mentioned like me and my girlfriend like we would like to sit down and play a lot of games but like she doesn't really play a whole lot of games and i know that like you know you've got your your halos and your gears of wars and your call of duties and your gods uh you know you've got all these games that have co-op modes you can play them co-op but um she's not interested (laughs) pretty much uh and uh most games uh to be honest she's not really interested in at all um but overcooked overcooked was the game i think that like we got so into Overcooked um, to the point that we 100%ed it, like full three stars on every single level in both games. Um, Fair play. I, I couldn't play it with my with my girlfriend because we would... <laughs> that, uh, that is a game that yeah. tests your relationship. Like we, yeah. we, like, we were properly, like, you know... Because there, there were, like, I mean, we were failing missions uh, a lot of times. Give me the fucking tomatoes! Give me the fucking tomatoes! Yeah, and it was it was a point where like I was like calling, we were calling plays. It was like okay, I'm gonna grab the buns, you're gonna grab the burgers, you're gonna grab a burger, put it over here, then grab a lettuce, then put it over here, and I'll grab this, and we blah 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 blah. We were like forming strategies, and we were like, <laughs> it was it was such a great experience to play Overcooked together, um, and especially her coming from, it's not that she'd never played a game before in her life, but she's um wouldn't be i don't think she would consider herself to be someone who like plays games if you know what mm. i mean um, it's funny you mentioned as well on ravel 2 that's something that we had played here at home and that i think was 
the first thing that hooked uh, myself and my girlfriend. It's it's it was such a fun game, and it's not uh, entirely difficult, but it's more about being in sync and working together in the team building aspect of a local co-op kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely found that as well with because that was the that was all that was the first game that me and my girlfriend played together before Overcooked was Unravel. It was the first one, um, and uh, and yeah, that I I thought that was I thought that was the perfect experience to kind of introduce somebody uh to kind of mm. playing playing games together and stuff like that. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I. I do, I definitely agree with uh with this statement. I do think that I definitely want a lot more kind of co-op uh experiences, co-op games. Like I'm really looking forward to playing It Takes Two at some point in the future when <laughs> when we uh both have time to kind of sit down and do that uh and and you know don't have to kind of uh constantly spend all of their time uh looking after being busy. Uh, this uh, this uh, this baby, <laughs> but it, it is it is what it is, um, but uh, but yeah, moving on from that, our, it moves uh, on well into our next one, our our third and uh and and final kind of news headline here is the recent news, uh, regarding Halo Infinite. Uh, this was posted on the Xbox Wire, <clears throat> I believe. Uh, just on the. 29th of April, uh, and it is mostly concerning uh, Halo Infinite on PC, and um, you know the different things that uh, that the team are doing to kind of like essentially tailor the game to the PC and kind of have an experience that is a PC experience. And part of that is crossplay and cross progression with the Xbox consoles, and they've also uh, said that they're including a number of things like super ultra wide support. Uh, and was a triple key binds i think was a another thing that they um announced i'm scrolling through the article here to try and uh try and find uh, a quick sort of sum summary or some summation i can't really find it but um i um i wanted to ask you uh, I think the interesting thing here, you know, so so as a little, little bit of context and backstory the two of us i'm pretty sure that i met you on Halo Three, um, I'm pretty sure that's that's right. Yeah, we uh, we we had a quite a, a an in depth relationship netted together with other friends that was just built around Halo Three specifically. Uh, uh, absolutely, um, and it's funny considering that we're both like <laughs> we are both from the same sort of like uh town or whatever we are very local uh we like we know each other in in person now but at the time yeah. we didn't uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's <laughs> how we met each other was on halo 3 so so halo as a series is kind of it's got a history uh you know with, mm. with the two of us um big part of our, our lives i think collectively yeah um and i wanted to ask you specifically i think the interesting thing here to me is uh you know, it's not the first time that a Halo game has been uh, re- released on PC. Uh, obviously, we, we have mm-hmm. the likes of Ma- the Master Chief Collection uh, has come out on PC, and that they've they've added those the, you know multiple different support options um, for the PC Almost platform. Now, yeah, and even going back into into the past, uh, I know there was a, a port of Halo Two uh, years and years and years ago 
that did mm-hmm. come out on Games for Windows Live at the time. <laughs> um, but those, you know, Master Chief Collection, Halo 2, those games were built and designed for console. There were console games that were ported to the PC. But reading, um, you know, reading about these things that they're including for Halo Infinite, it almost sounds like they are building this game uh, almost as a PC experience, um, or at least mm. with the PC experience in mind. You know, it is launching on PC day one with console. It'll play great on console as well. Um, but I just wanted to ask your opinion. You, you know, you, I presume you kind of play primarily on PC um, these yep, days. I... So. I recently sold my... You know what? I, I never bought an Xbox One or I don't even think I had an interest to buy an Xbox Series X because at this point, Microsoft have kind of copped onto themselves and realized that they are also a PC software company um, and went, it's kind of silly not to put our games on there. Um, just cutting out a market to sell consoles i think was their was their main drive which is fair enough for a business but um in this day and age it just feels weird so it kind of took long enough to get the master chief collection to get on uh, to get on pc as well i was delighted when that came along um what was your original question sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know what are okay so first of all are are you are you excited are you are you kind of looking forward to the halo infinite release is this a game that you're going to pick up and play secondly uh like what do you think about halo being you know a an experience that is tailored for pc at launch uh given you know you know it was like the original halo was an xbox console launch game at the time like what well, yeah, that's a, it's a good point saying that it was an original Xbox game uh, launch title, uh, but it was also, I'm sure you know, meant to be a Mac exclusive um, before it was brought over for the Xbox console for Microsoft. So it's funny that it started out as essentially a PC game and got brought onto a console and then it went through a whole life cycles of consoles and now it's been swooped back onto a pc software <laughs> um but i mean yeah I, the generational gap the jump to the xbox series x and the playstation 5 for whatever my opinion about them is is that they're powerful they are not on par with pc that's i don't think debatable but that's nothing bad about consoles at all like it's for the price point you're getting a fantastic PC uh, for for each of the consoles. I can't, you can't talk down to them because they're they're fantastic. They're running on SSDs, NVMEs. They have, um, again, they've whatever version of it it is. They have ray tracing. They have all this fancy stuff that even I, I have a nice PC, but I don't have ray tracing. You know, I'd probably have to pay a lot more for a graphics card than it would one of these consoles to get ray tracing. So. Yeah, I think it should be a thing that they're nearly graded for PC and then maybe just just stripped back small, small increments to get running pretty well on their, their Xbox. You know, that, that seems... I'm surprised, to be honest, that it was always sort of coming from console. 
Um, that that confused me for years. Why why was it so difficult? You know, and even with that, do you remember the uh, the Halo online sort of thing? That was Halo, but God, it felt weird being on PC like mechanically. Yeah, uh, um, and I think. Like I think that's the the thing, and like even 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 now, like um, a lot of the things, like I know, like armor customizations, I think that were had been kind of developed by that Halo Online team have actually made their way into Master Chief Collection now. I think officially, um, Ooh. which is uh, which is an interesting thing that that, that has happened, um, but um, you know, like I so I I haven't I haven't played any like I haven't. I have only to this day played Halo on Xbox, so I can't kind of speak to the current sort of PC experience either with Master Chief Collection or or Halo Two in the past or or anything like that. So I don't know what they feel like, but um, you know, my assumption is that you know, you know, they are games that were designed and built for console primarily, and then ported to PC afterwards as an afterthought. Um, mm. Not that they, not that they don't kind of like you know, kind of change the not change the experience, but kind of like keep things in mind with the PC experience. I'm sure they obviously do, but I just think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Halo Infinite feels from a PC perspective at launch. Um, you know, with you know with the likes of things like you know. You, you like I mean the consoles, both consoles, the the Xbox and the PS5 have uh, keyboard uh, mouse and keyboard support, so you mm-hmm. know that that's yeah. not that's not going to be um, uh, a massive thing. Like you could play it on an Xbox console with mouse and keyboard, and you know that that is what it is. But I think the likes of your super ultra wide support, uh, uh, triple uh, keybinds. I'm sure they can probably do keybinds on console, maybe, but I don't know. Is there more? You know, I, again, I don't play primarily on PC, so um, it's, it's something like triple keybinds kind of goes over my head in terms of what that yeah, actually it goes means. over mine too. Um, <laughs> I, I've never, I'm not a pro gamer, so I, I, I could be talking crap, but I don't know how needed that was. It just, it, it feels like an extra little, a little uh, whippet of, uh, of a spray, spray whipped cream on top of an already full cake. Yeah, um, and I I think that's kind of what the <laughs> I think that's kind of what the the PC players you know because P, like I think PC especially when when you think about like all the different levels of hardware and peripherals and everything like you know uh, like I don't have a super wide monitor I don't know about you um, you know I think the number of PC I do not owners, anybody listening I do not. <laughs> I think the number of like PC owners that have a super wide monitor is probably fairly low, um, you know. But yeah. they're still adding in that support. They're you know, and and I think that's the thing with PC PC gaming is that it's a lot of it is kind of on the fringe. And even when you're talking about the likes of uh, ray tracing and stuff like that, like yes, the new consoles can do ray tracing, so that's kind of more accessible now. But before the new consoles, the amount of PC players that probably had the ability to run something like ray tracing again was probably quite low and probably still is quite low at this point if i had to assume i don't know the numbers um but um but i think it is interesting like you know i think it's it's a good it's like it's a good thing it's good good news that they've come out and said this like i think as you're saying it's it's uh you know microsoft have 
realized that um you know they the pc market exists and as a company you know they they release windows and everything like that they they essentially own the platform why not just put the games out there and i think they you know they've realized that over the past couple of years uh with a number of things like i mean they've also released uh like gears of war for it's uh horizon 4 killer instinct maybe mm-hmm. i'm not sure the actual list of all of the games that they've uh you know that that would have been Xbox console exclusive games that they have uh, the console sellers, yeah. But no, and, now, and not only put on yeah. PC, but also put on Steam as well, which is the other the other part of it. Um, why why bother trying to make your own marketplace epic? Why even like it just seems such a silly epic thing to do, and just to split audiences like that. I can understand it from a business perspective, EA, but. You can just... Steam works, and it works well, and everybody EA knows it. So get over it. Get over yourself. Just go on Steam. Or have Steam integration. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I think it's about, it's about time. About time for these things. Good it's news. about good damn news. time. Okay, so um, I think that'll kind of do it there in terms of uh, these news uh, items uh, to kind of go over. So... Um, you know, so what we're going to do now uh, we, is we're going to dive in, have a bit of a deeper discussion about uh, the idea of game preservation game and game preservation and archival. Uh, now, this is going to be a little bit more of a freeform, freeform discussion. Who knows where this is going to go? There's probably going to be a lot of tangents. Um, but um, you know, I think there's a lot, bit of a conversation that can that can be had here. And this obviously was kind of sprung from the news um, again a couple of weeks ago at this point um, that has since been reverted, and we can kind of talk about that as well. That uh, Sony announced that they were going to close the PS3, PS Vita, and PSP online stores, effectively causing. Um, I, th- I don't know what the number was. I think it was close to like 2,000 games that would have been essentially lost to time. They would not have been available anymore. Um, so silly. Um, you know, because there were because there were a lot of PS3 and PS Vita games that didn't get physical releases. They only had mm. digital releases on that store. And, you know, tearing that store down would have, uh, would have essentially eliminated those games. Um, obviously, since then, they have... Uh, reverted that change they have come out and they've said lol jk uh gotcha <laughs> the ps3 and the ps vita stores are going to continue to stay open at least for now we don't know how long that's, that's free be. news free news for them <laughs> it almost seems like they just sort of like hey let's just like like okay I don't see any world where they thought that people were going to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> who, who cares? No, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Like, there was no world where people were going to be okay with them closing those stores. Like, they had to have known that there was going to be backlash for it, and I presume they did. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> there was, uh, I don't know if you kind of uh, read as part of all, uh, all of these uh, kind of headlines at the time, but there was a... Uh, as something I don't know it was part of an interview that Jim Ryan, um, is he president of of Sony America? I think, uh, he had said 
<laughs> when when asked about like your backwards compatibility and old games like PS1, PS2 games, <laughs> he had said essentially, I don't know the exact quote, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but he had said, who wants to go back and play those old games? They look terrible. <laughs> uh, this man has no idea what company he runs. <laughs> um, you know, but it almost feels like they just kind of like, you know, there's conspiracy here that they manufactured this and then we're like, oh, we'll let it stew for about two or three weeks and then we'll and then we'll announce that we're not going to close them, uh, which we were, you know, never going to do the whole time. And now everybody likes us, um, which I don't know that that is actually the case. Like, I mean, you can kind of have a conspiracy there. Um, yes, so, I but, will. Thank you. Uh, so like so to start to kind of like um to add to before we go any further about that because there's a couple of other things i just wanted to so like when that broke out you know how did you feel did you have any particular strong feelings uh you know kind of run run me through here the the brain of jordan on on this oof get ready um so i mean like genuinely when i'd heard the announcement that they were gonna close the ps3 was the ps3 ps vita psp stores yes all the the online stores um, I it didn't affect me. I don't have a PS Vita. I didn't buy into it. I had a PSP and I didn't have a PS3. Now, the PS3 came out in two thousand and seven. I think so. Eight sounds about right. Two thousand seven. Um, the PSP I remember having as an actual child. Uh. I mean, like, I used it as an MP3 player. I think the majority of people that have these consoles, and PSV, I've, I've heard from people it was a failure. I didn't buy it. You know, I, I, I played with it a bit. It was fine. It was cool. It was overlooked. The, I think the majority of people who have these consoles are enthusiasts. Um, And then the rest of the people who are out crying about this were... Maybe just mad that th- things were being shut down, you know. I I don't think I. Correct me if I'm wrong. You might be one of them. I'm I'm definitely not. But I wasn't dying for these stores to be open just in case. But on the argument of losing games, I don't think there's much of an excuse for games companies and especially someone like Sony, who's the manufacturer of hardware and software for them to have some sort of a, a archival backup like um I can't think of a better better um better person than Nintendo what they did with their online store the the online service that they were doing for NES and SNES now that didn't go f- as far as it should have they put on what like 20 odd games onto those of old games that are hard to come by if you don't have the the hardware already like but mm, I didn't really care, but I still think it's a shame that uh, that games can go missing that way. You know, it's it's silly that there's no answer to that officially by by this big company. Yeah, and and, and see that's the thing. So I'll I'll kind of answer your questions uh, there in a little bit um, and kind of get into it. But I do, I do think like when they announced that. In my opinion, like, I mean, that, like, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, you know, these are hmm. stores that, like, they're a couple of years old at this point. Like, you know, they're like server space. They're not even the console generation before the current one now. Like, they are two generations ago when you're talking about the PS3. Um, you know, so 
Um, you know, so it makes sense that they're not just going to keep these. I wouldn't expect them to keep these stores running forever and ever and ever and ever. And that's not uh, that's not the expectation. Um, but I do think when they announced uh, something like this, they should have had like a yeah, okay, we're doing this, but um, you know, all of these games, uh, we're gonna move maybe not all of the games, but we're gonna move like eighty percent of them or whatever onto PlayStation Now or something like that. Because here's the here's thing, a classical section or something, you know. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, is that like uh, PlayStation Now uh, has PS3 and even PS2 games um, on there uh, that you can stream uh, on your PS4, PS5, um, and, you know, that, that service would have still, that service would have been untouched. So those PS3 games, PS2 games would have still been there, um, even though they closed uh, the stores. Uh, like, essentially what they would have been closing would have been, they, they made a list of all of the things that they that would have you know would have, that the changes that would have been made but like i think the biggest thing would have been that you wouldn't have been able to purchase uh on the store anymore the essential the, essentially the facility to purchase games uh would have been gone like if you had previously purchased games you could still download them so if you had purchased a game and it wasn't on your console what's the benefit of taking it off i mean like they still have those files available to download then surely uh yeah, <laughs> they they would have so been they're like not the, bringing up the space. Ser- the servers would have been there to download the games again uh, if you had previously purchased them. So I don't know. Like I mean, it look it, 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 it like I mean we'll get into all of that. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. But just so many just, questions. Just before we get a little bit you know too far ahead, there I will go back and I will answer. Um, I do own a PS3, uh, and um, I so at the time i didn't have a ps3 when it was current you know we, we were 360 kids um so i so there were a lot of ps3 games that i didn't experience um and i know there are some ps3 games a lot of ps3 games that are on playstation now but personally i don't like that service i don't think it's great uh especially Not because great. the ps3 games on there you can't download to the PS4 or the PS5. You have to stream them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have a pretty decent internet connection. Um, but even on that connection, it's 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 not great. Uh, and it, like, there's a, there's a thing on PlayStation now where if your connection isn't stable or whatever, they'll, they'll, it'll kind of notify you. But if it's not stable for a certain amount of time, like two minutes or whatever, I don't know the exact time, um, it'll just kick you out. It'll just straight kick you out. Like, hey, your connection can't handle this, and it's it'll kick you out of the game. Home. Uh, you know, and if it's it, 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 like I so I, <laughs> this is a whole different discussion. I I I played the original God of War, God of War One, through PlayStation Now, um, on my PS4 uh, a couple of years ago. Streamed to my PS4. I played it that way, and I was able to get through the whole game, finish the whole game, uh, fine. And then I moved on to God of War 2 on, on PlayStation now. And uh I couldn't I couldn't play the game because I don't and I don't know what the difference was. Maybe there were maybe there was like kind of maybe that game had more more to like transfer feed to me over the network or whatever. It kept kicking me out. I couldn't play the goddamn game. So I then had to buy it on the store on my PS3 and play it that way. Um so uh so yeah play so the summarize there playstation now not a good service <laughs> um but <laughs> even with of, the halved price 
still yeah. not great. So to, to circle back there, though, um, I was kind of upset about this news because, like, I mean, I have a PS3 and there are PS3 games that I want to play and I don't want to play them on PlayStation now because it's not a great service. So, um, mm. uh, so what I ended up happening and I think what a lot of people ended up doing, um, and I think this is probably why they reversed the their decision is I started to fucking panic buy. I I spent, like, the, I don't know, was it that week or whatever? Like, I mean, they made the announcement and they, it was something like two months or a month or whatever. Like, hey, in two months, these stores are going down. So I spent, like, close to, like, 200 euro or something just, like, snatching up games. On PlayStation 3. On the PlayStation 3. Uh <laughs> <laughs> look hey look I, like i i'm like i'm not saying that this was a rational decision <laughs> it was it like, was just a decision that was made yeah, it was a decision that like <laughs> that was like i could if have easily 40 years old your house would be full of toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> like i mean i could have easily like bought like every game that i bought i could have easily like gotten physical for really cheap online but i'm and like i mean we can kind of get into this as well i'm the kind of person that i just like to have my games digitally i don't want to be taking up physical space because i don't goddamn have it <laughs> so um so so i did that um and then it was i think it was literally like the week after or something then they were like oh hey actually we're not closing the store and then i was like gotcha. i like I just spent like 200 euro or whatever. But I think a lot of people did that. I think a lot of people did that. And then Sony were like, oh, hey, whoa. Uh, This store that hasn't been making us money for years. Suddenly we just got a whole bunch of money. Uh, People want this shit. So I think that's what happened. Uh, We don't know for certain. I mean, yeah, conspiracy theorist hat. I don't know where the source came from for the news of it. But conspiracy cap on it, it it worked out well for him in the end didn't it we're taking away your games and then everyone was like oh no my games and we went up and bought all the games and then they went all right you can keep your games you know <laughs> and oh whoops we made a load of money but in fairness it does make sense that it's like look we're going to shut this service down kind of got to be done for the only thing that comes to mind is like licensing reasons or, or yeah. some something to that effect, you know. Um, and then they went, oh, people still have a love for these. They've bought a ton of it. This buys us at least some time to keep this going because there's no way this can go on forever. Mm. Uh, I mean, Halo 2 only lasted so long, even though people just fucking stayed on those servers for days and days and days. Oh. It has to go. Oh yeah, I I think I remember people like even when they closed the servers, people stayed on the servers so they yeah. wouldn't kick it just to keep it going because <laughs> it, they couldn't shut they wouldn't shut it down. Yeah, yeah, and like I mean that's and again that's the thing is that like I I would expect them to close them like I mean especially when they're moving on with new. Like, I mean I don't know. See it it just doesn't make sense. And and like I mean the part of it I mean kind of like I mean we can touch on it here. I had another thing kind of like noted here because it was maybe the next week or something like that it was around the same time uh xbox came microsoft came out and said that they were adding 16 original xbox and xbox 360 titles onto um 
xCloud, Xbox Cloud Gaming, or whatever you call it, whatever it's officially called. Xbox is killing it with the backwards compatibility. Um, you know, so not only like adding those games to backwards compatibility, but also adding them to the cloud, which means they're playable on Android and soon to be, um, I think it's in beta right now, on iOS and Windows, um, mm-hmm. all through the cloud. Uh, and that, like, that service... I haven't used it much, but I've kind of tested it out a little bit um, on my phone. And like that service is like miles ahead of something like PlayStation now in terms of the streaming capability. Um, And they're just adding titles like all the way back to the original Xbox. Like their original Xbox titles are now playable on your phone through the cloud. And it's fair play. It's all Uh, part of the same store that the new consoles are using. It's all the one store. I, I'm not totally surprised that Microsoft has already got the infrastructure there to be like, we have the cloud service, we have the software capabilities, and we have the backlog of games that it's like, just emulate it and send it out. Emulate and send it out, you know? And, and, and I, I, that's- It's a long time coming for, for a big company to do this, and... Nintendo dipped in at the back to Nintendo it dipped in its toes and I was happy but they also had like 20 games and half of them weren't good <laughs> you know it's just I think so like I think Sony's situation doesn't make sense when you compare it to Xbox uh I'm mean, I, mean, I don't I don't even want to get into the whole con- like Sony versus uh, PlayStation versus Xbox conversation cuz fuck that but um <laughs> just in terms of like their storefront you know like I I think the PS like the PS5 storefront is different to the PS4 storefront is different mm-hmm. to the PS3 storefront uh, and you know what do you I, think that's about like do you think it's a lack of infrastructure to keep it all glued together with like sellotape and staples or is it are, are they going okay we've to we're starting fresh this time this time we're <laughs> we've a new storefront for going forward this is gonna last this one's gonna be here I don't know. Um, you know, it could be anything. Like, I mean, I like, like, I, I kind of work in in sort of like, sort of web design industries. So like, there's kind of a little bit of like, sometimes the, the, like you, you have no idea what it is. Like, it, it mm. could be something of like, it just wasn't like, it wasn't coded with that in mind. The, the one dude that made the marketplace left like six months ago, man, and he but left the, hey, no notes. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a huge thing sometimes you, you wouldn't believe it's it, just like it happened to us twice now and we have to start our own one for the ps5 like <laughs> um you know uh but it it, oh, it just doesn't make sense like i mean and and like it, like it, i mean the way, like just touching on like backwards com- compatibility like uh like i think the, the backwards compatibility is great on xbox like you mean if I like, I only need. So I, I have an Xbox Series X. I only need that console. Like I can play Series X games, Xbox One games, like ninety percent of Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty games, mm. and a handful selection of original Xbox games. And that selection is growing. Like they're still like I mean, not as not as often, not as steadily, but they're slowly still adding games to the original Xbox lineup. 
that's that that's playable which is that, like that's dedication you know there, there's a it's it's amazing and like i only need the one console whereas like i have my ps5 and that can play ps5 and ps4 games but then i need the ps3 because the ps4 can, like neither can play ps3 games and hmm. then if i wanted to and here's another thing like if i wanted to play ps2 games i'd have to get a, either i'd either have to get a ps2 or i'd have to get the original launch model ps3 that had the um ps2 graphics chip in yeah. in the actual hardware in order to play those in, in order to play those games so it you know so essentially if you wanted to play the whole back catalog of uh you know if you had the discs you know whatever if you wanted to play the whole back catalog of, of playstation games you would have to have at least if you're lucky two consoles but more likely three consoles um which is kind of ridiculous when you compare it to xbox you just need the one and it plays everything it's, it's that brings up a larger question umbrellaing all of this should games die? Should they fade out after a certain amount of time? Um, I that's a good question, and it's kind of what I ultimately, as part of this, kind of wanted to touch on. Um, I, I don't like. I mean, it's a very difficult question, and it's been it's been asked for years and and years um i i think there's i think games should be preserved in some way i like i think there should be a way to like whether or not they're officially like supported or purchased or like whatever i don't know what it looks like but i think there should be a way to say Hey, I want to go back and I want to I want to play this game from this console like, you know, 20 years ago and just see what that was like. Uh, you know, and and to have the option there. Um, you know, uh, you know, I don't and I don't know who who where the responsibility falls on that kind of stuff cuz cuz again, you've got you you know, you've, you've got games are coming out everywhere from all sorts of different publishers and console manufacturers and and, and everything and developers and and whatever but um i think some games um it's maybe not feasible but i think for a lot of games it, it is and i i think they should be accessible just from like a like almost like a history standpoint i think i think they should be accessible um you know i think back to ju- just on your on the idea of kind of games dying um and maybe like being able to go back like i uh, i always think about world of warcraft right you you can't play well actually no you can't sorry i completely forgot that wow classic was a thing before wow classic was a thing only yeah that was only recent yeah you could not play world of warcraft in the state that it launched in that game was technically dead that yeah, that are like the only way you could not experience that again. You could not like take take the disc and like, I mean, and it's an MMO and it's on servers and it's a kind of a different thing to like a a game on a disc or whatever. But like you couldn't just like hey, I want to experience this the way it was like a couple of years ago. You couldn't do that. Um, you know, the cataclysm changed everything. Whatever, like three expansions in, uh, and that was the version you had. And they were, like, I mean, as they were moving forward, they were doing things to like. You know, there were instancing and whatever, and there was ways like if they were changing the world, that there was ways to like experience that part of the world 
before they changed it. They started doing things like that in the later expansions, but pre-Cataclysm, they had nothing like that until Web Classic. And then there was the whole thing, like, on on the idea of, like, do people want this or should we do this or whatever? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, Blizzard had no intention of doing a Web Classic until enough people gave out and lost their shit and, and like was Some like, people hey, weren't. we want this. And even when they did do that, Blizzard were like, no, you don't actually want this. You say you do, but you don't. That, that's the, the, the quote. We know what you want. You want what we tell you to want. Oh, it's 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 ridiculous. And then they released WoW Classic. Uh, mm. And I'm, I see they don't actually release the the numbers anymore. But I would hazard guess, and I would say that WoW Classic is more popular than Retail WoW. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, Main WoW must be a low. I, a like, low. I mean, uh, I think it's, I think it's doing all right with the recent expansion. Um, I, I haven't jumped back into it, but I'd say it's doing well. But yeah, keep uh, in mind, they, they used to sell WoW with the the big quote on the front. I remember it. It was something like twelve million plus players that was their, their big big market thing was selling it on the amount of people that were concurrent players and th- that was the i think that was the peak and that was around mm. wrath of the lich king and then cataclysm came out and cataclysm was just a kind of a bad expansion but that also happened to be when they completely changed up the world and their numbers plummeted and i don't think even to this day i don't think they have reached that peak again um and that can be for a multitude of different reasons, you know. But it can be for it everything. does all come back to like classic WoW, as you were saying. That's most likely doing much better than at, at a at a at a guess is much better than the uh, the mainline WoW story that's happening because what is it? Part nostalgia, part comfort. You know what you're getting into. You know, why does anybody go back to play an old game anyway? It's because it's solidified in your head as good and you've played it, you know what to expect and it's a bit of like, oh yeah, I I know that's good. So if something like that were to disappear and not be accessible, it's always terrible, but how large or small a size group does, does makes it matter in air quotes, you know? How small a game has to be saved if we're saving all of them? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's tough. It's tough because I know for a fact I have tried to get it running on an emulator, but I can't get it. Is I'm going to have to look this up. Give me one second. It's on the PlayStation 1. It is called... Mickey's Wild Adventure on the PlayStation <laughs> 1. Mickey Mouse. By God, I don't have... A, I have two PlayStation 1s up in the attic at my at my parents' house. None of them work. I had the disc um, scratched to just shite, and I cannot get it to run on an emulator. That game has gone to me. I know how it feels, man. <laughs> I, I know the feeling of a good game that you really like being not accessible anymore. And and that so so that you raise up an interesting thing like uh, so previous to this podcast and previous to us kind of starting this we did have a 
a, you know, a kind of a little conversation between ourselves uh, just about like digital versus physical games. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I am going to piss myself. I'll be two seconds. Hi. <laughs> I was getting to the point where I was like, wow, this is not healthy. <laughs> um, welcome back. Uh, <laughs> Hi. Um, so, all right. Where I just I? mentioned, yeah, Mickey's Wild Ride. Uh, game gone. I know how it feels. Yeah, so... So, um, physical versus digital games. Um... You know, we kind of, we kind of have that conversation just between ourselves, kind of a little bit. So mm-hmm. we kind of like, I mean, I kind of know your kind of opinions on that a little bit. Um, and I, and even in 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 this this uh, episode alone, I've mentioned how I just like to keep my games my games digital, just because I don't want games taking up the physical space. Um, but part of that, even even, you know, with the news of the PlayStation stores going down, if you had those games on disc, you're all good. You have the game on disc, you can pop it in, you can play it great but discs can get scratched uh and and you know there's only you know i don't (laughs) i would assume that they're not still manufacturing new got new like sealed copies of ps3 games i don't think they're doing that (laughs) you know so like eventually like if everyone in the world scratched their like copy of whatever game and just like there is potential for every single physical copy of mickey's (laughs) adventure to be scratched and if that happens the game's dead <laughs> like look i mean yeah there will there's always going to be a rom or a copy or something like that but through the legal route without going into roms or emulators or downloads or whatever through sony's eyes that game is gone and not accessible and le- I'm going to look that up and make sure and see that you can't get it on anything else. But if in another case, if this, if it's not true for Mickey's Wild Adventure, if it, there surely is, there are games that Sony sees as we know we had it, we had it on this console, it's gone. You cannot get this through any of the official channels. 
and and that's the thing is that and that the that, that's my that's the point here i think is that it, there's no official legal way to do this like yes there's emulators there's roms um uh you know and and i think like the biggest the biggest case for emulators is for is for preserving these games you know and making sure that they can still be played in some manner um you know kind of move, moving forward but like but the closest thing that we have to like official sort of legal ways to doing that is i think you know the likes of backwards compatibility on the xbox and and you know even even those games being in the cloud is like a another kind of step towards not to say that they're going to be in the cloud forever but it means that they're they're up there on those servers and if you have access to that cloud you can you can you can play them um i wanted to like i mean we can we can talk a little bit more about emulators and how they fit into this conversation a little bit but uh, <laughs> i i did want to uh just mention uh so uh, you, you mentioned earlier um about let's move it into a slightly different avenue of the same conversation yes you mentioned about uh nintendo and uh you know so the, it was uh super mario all-stars so like so now we're, we're recording on the first of may and uh you know it's old news again at this point but super mario all-stars uh was taken down from the nintendo store as was oh. originally planned when it was announced uh on march 31st uh like okay so first of all the fact that they when they announced that they were releasing this game the fact that they were like oh hey it's only available for six months that's stupid they're like and i'm <laughs> i'm pretty sure it i'm pretty sure it actually came out like from some person in nintendo or whatever that the reason was was like manufactured scarcity like yeah. hey you can only get this for a certain amount of time and after this amount of time it's gone you can't get it anymore and mm-hmm. the, the the reason why was to get people to like panic and rush and buy it um and like I mean, it worked for me. I I bought it um, for I the reason. Two. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Let, okay, let's get in. What? Wh- wh- why? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, for the, hmm, for the joke of it all. I just thought, you know what would be funny? You know how it, w- how it would turn out? That the manufactured scarcity of it is going to have an effect on price at some point. So I said, for a test for myself, for, for in future investments, I'm going to buy this brand new copy. I'm going to leave it completely sealed. And we're going to see from today, the day after it was taken off of everything and is officially unavailable, will it actually rise in price? I got two physical copies, bought or opened one, played it all through, loved it. Have my issues with some of the, with how they've done it, but overall, love the games. Super Mario 64 classic, Super Mario, um... Galaxy, fantastic game, and Super Mario Sunshine, probably my, my favourite Mario 3D game. So I was happy to play it and everything. It's kind of a bullshit move, though. 
I'm I completely agree with anybody who thinks, wow, that's kind of scummy. Um, it's a little bit fake feeling when at the announcement of the game, they tell you when they're going to take it away from you. So it it is really like, oh, oh it's not there forever now. Come on, come on and get it while it's hot. In my heart of hearts, I don't actually think it's going to create any sort of a rarity or an uprising price. But this is just to prove it to myself. To tell myself I did it, I tried it, it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, is it, I mean, may, maybe that might be something. So I, I never, I didn't think about that, that like, you know, from the perspective of like, the not just again because i only think about things digitally like i didn't consider that the you know that this was released physically as well and would the price of the physical version like obviously second hand um would that go up i didn't consider that so may- maybe that is something that does happen in a couple of years at that point though that money doesn't go to nintendo though if that's second hand that's they already got their money and they got it at the price that they set for originally so that that part of it is not N- nintendo money money grabbing or whatever but um uh i i'd like to, you know, as part of that i'd be interested to know like how many physical copies of that game were 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 printed like how many just, copies of that game were actually manufactured i just looked up that it says it has sold more than eight million copies so couldn't tell you what sort of ratio you'd have to look at to to guess how many were manufactured but it's in the millions it's not rare and will not be rare for a long time i think and i think the the linchpin here is it's to do with nintendo's strategy moving forward um into the future because typically Nintendo, like I mean, like like you're saying, they don't they don't really give a shit about <laughs> backwards compatibility. It's not something that they that they do. Maybe they, you know, I think on the Wii and the Wii U they did make you know NES and SNES games playable mm. or purchasable on the store. They kind of always kind of do that. Um, they, they they selectively picked their Mario's and Zelda's and uh, whatever else you know the big ones. Yeah, um, you know. But they don't, like, you know, they haven't made, like, even when the Wii U came out, I'm pretty sure that, like, Wii games weren't playable on, on that. But also, I think each each of their consoles kind of has, like, I, I'd actually, I'd just, just as quickly, I'd like to know from you, like, how, how does Super Mario Galaxy play on the Switch, considering that that was a Wii game with the motion controls? Like, how, how, does, how does that work? Uh, that confused me as well because I'd played them in order of 64 and then Sunshine and then going Galaxy. Um, and I played Galaxy on the Wii, so I was thinking, how the hell are they going to do this? And goddamn, does the uh, do the Joy Cons work nearly better than the Wii mode for being for being a pointer? Um, because it's all uh, accelerometer based. You know, there's no there's no reading of an IR sensor. There's no um, point like you can point at the screen obviously but i mean you press a button to reset so it centers your your cursor and from there reads all accelerometer and and uh and gyrometer gyrometer uh in your in your joy con so it's like ridiculously accurate for some reason and uh, (laughs) i I completed the game i loved it cool um now so sorry go ahead 
Uh, so I, I was just going to ask, I presume then that, that you played it like docked to the TV. That's how you played it. Yep, because uh, if you play it handheld, if you played it handheld, it um, it required to you to do touchscreen, which you have to remove a hand from a controller, and half the time that doesn't work. Um, so oh, I think they were kind of betting you on even if you're not docking it into a TV to have it on the little kickstand at the back. Uh, yeah. So you can so you can still have it like free free hand Joy Cons. That uh, that is interesting because. There's obviously people out there that don't have like there's the switch light is a thing that can't be docked. Now, something I didn't check, um, but I know for a fact that for switch light, if a game um requires docking, it will not work on the switch light. Oh. But for the fact that they've put in touchscreen controls, I'd guarantee they only kind of finagle that to just about barely work, bar the Switch Lite, so it could be sold on that as well. Yeah, probably. I, I, w- I would have to imagine. So, um, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Um, and kind of circling back and kind of tying it all around to preserving these games um, and whatnot. Like, moving forward with Nintendo, it's it, 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 do they factor in backwards compatibility into their whatever their next console is they probably won't nintendo don't need to they can sell you mario again and again forever and ever mm-hmm. and we will continue to buy it <laughs> so it mean, works for, for even the fact of i know we're on a real mario tangent here but for even the fact of like in in terms of preservation these games were not well emulated or ported there are basic features that could have been put in by Nintendo, but seems that they weren't for either money's sake or time's sake or, or whatever, but it's just some odd, th- odd odd choices not chosen to improve the experience of these old games. So even still, I mean, it's easier it, now. It's easier to go out and say, "Hey, buy Super Mario 3D All Stars for the Switch." You plug it in, you play it. What I'd recommend, if you were able, um, and I'm not telling anybody to do this, this is no legal advice. Don't listen to me. But it runs much better, and you've much better features on an emulator to go back and play Super Mario 64. You can get widescreen. You can get HD textures. You can get anti-aliasing. You can get whatever controller support you want, and you can get fan-made uh, fixes for cameras and stuff. It's like it's emulation and stuff still offers a better experience, but it's nice to know, I suppose, Nintendo and whoever else are taking these smaller steps to be recognizing that these old games, they have the power to keep them around, they have the power to improve them, and there's a market for it. So again, you bring up another thing that I think is very interesting, um, and that I think uh, tying back to something like Wave Classic is another part of this conversation that, like, a lot of people I think are divided on. Um, uh, you know, so from my opinion, when when it comes to game preservation, like I I I think that these games should be preserved in the state that they were in. Like, mm. and when it comes to Nintendo, like, so it sounds like that's for the most part, what they have done with 3D All-Stars is that the, this is the way the games were. Like, they haven't improved them. 
It's mm-hmm. for the most part. And I know when it, they released the um, the Pokemon game, the Game Boy Color Pokemon games, like Red, Blue, Yellow, Gold, mm. Silver, and Crystal on the 3DS store, um, those games were released as they were on the cartridges. So mm-hmm. all the bugs, all the glitches, everything, um, you know, it's exactly as it was on the cartridge. So you can like that Mew glitch that you can do in Pokemon Yellow, you can do it on the version that you buy from the 3DS store. Look under the truck, you might find them. <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I, I think that's, I think that's from, from my opinion, I think that's really good. Like, I think that ties in to preserving these games. Like, mm-hmm. and if they were to, Im- and that's not to say that they can't improve these games or remaster them, but I think that's a, that's a, that's a different part of the conversation is, is like remastering these games um because when you're doing something like that 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 that's more than just making the game playable that is you know putting a team on it and like adding these new features and then you've got a f- bug fix and you got to do testing you got to do all of these different things like that's 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 time and money <laughs> when it comes to that's, doing that kind of stuff it's it's a good point to bring up between the fine line of does a company remaster a game should they leave it as original I think, without harping on about it too long, for yeah. emulators, I mean, they at least they give you a checkbox list in the options menu as long as your feckin' monitor, and double that. I mean, like, you you could you could find a fix for a particular bug on a particular section of a Super Mario sixty four level. It's like fix uh, Koopa Shell in Bowser's Castle level in Mario 64. You can leave that checked or unchecked. Um, and I suppose at a certain point it does become a, a bit of a job of remastering. But I also think there's... There, there are ways around it for, for what you would like. You know? You, you could have a, a, a an up-raised 1920 by 1080 Mario 64 with HD textures and uh, 60 FPS. Or you should be able to hit the little plus button on your switch, go boom, 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 turn those three things off, and boom, you're playing. You're playing original. I mean, like Halo did did that beautiful mixture for their Combat Evolved um, Total Remaster, where it's like old graphics, click, new graphics. Uh, there are ways to 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 keep both sides happy. I think officially. I, I, yeah, and and I think that's the way to do it. I think that is the right way to do it. Is um is to provide provide the options. You know, um, bringing it back to Xbox uh, and Game Pass and the backwards compatibility that they're doing there. Like so, so recently they've been doing uh you know like auto HDR and FPS boost uh, on a number of mm. games. They've added FPS boost to I think even some three. Like I don't know, did they add FPS boost to Oblivion? I don't know. Um, but a lot of Xbox One games. Um, and the 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 thing there is that it um, it's an option. You can turn off you you can turn off FPS boost and auto HDR for these games and play. They them have the power to do this exactly the way they were. Or you know, if you have if you're on the new console, if you're on the Series X and you want to do the auto HDR and do the FPS boost to get the better performance, you have the option to do that. Um, and I think that's and that again now FPS like that FPS boost and thing that's on a system level. That is not that's not something. Mm-hmm. 
that the developers of these games have to do it's microsoft is doing it and then they just kind of give it to the developers to sign off on it or whatever so you know so microsoft is doing that on a console level so that that's kind of a, a different thing but i think that's that's the uh, the way the way forward um you know like i mean get we like i mean i think we could talk about this forever and we could just keep going and keep going and go on to more and more and more tangents because even as we're you know as you were talking i another thing popped into my head i said start, i started branching. thinking about uh i started thinking about mass effect and their upcoming re- remaster um mm-hmm. um you know but i am kind of conscious of the time uh that we have been recording so i might just touch on it a little bit and then we'll, we'll kind of finish up it'd be think. a full-blown thing that we could we could get into as well some other time remasters versus uh I don't know, versus originals, versus versus upscales, versus quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there's definitely a lot more. Um, but just in terms of Mass Effect, just quickly. Um, what can you tell me X- about the Reapers? <laughs> they're, they're taking over the galaxy. Um, <laughs> that's, that's about it. I think it's interesting. Uh, so on PC and on Xbox you will be able to play the legendary edition remasters so that like you know with with all the new bends and bells and whistles and the up upres textures and the, the rtxs and the new sort of like little gameplay features and tweaks that they've done to like kind of make those games better so you can you can play all those those versions or you can just go back and like on on PC and on X, like on Xbox, you can do backwards compatibility and play the original games. Um, but you won't be able to do that on a PS Five. <laughs> Your only option will be the Legendary Edition, uh, and that's a whole other thing. I you know I think backwards compatibility is the way forward. Whatever, but um, you know that that's an interesting thing. They can like you know I think they're um. I think they have more of an argument to remaster that game and add in these new features. And it's like, especially when you consider Mass Effect 1, they're like fundamentally almost like changing that game and how it feels, which I'm so excited for. It's a tough um, game to play. You know, so that the version you play on the Legendary Edition is not the version that came out originally, but. You can go, but you can still go back and play that original version. It's still purchasable on Xbox and and on PC. So I think they kind of like they're they're there's leeway there. They can kind of get away with completely changing that game and re-releasing it because it's still purchasable. Um, uh, that is certainly know. one thing that we'd have to get into as well. Is uh, at what point does a remaster need this change? Because just just a quick one on that point. I remember Mass Effect's uh, the first one, the inventory system, and I'll never forgive it. <laughs> oh man yeah we could talk about mass Effect forever I, oh, i'm so excited for the legendary edition but but yeah like i think we're gonna wrap it up there we've, we've been recording for for a, a good amount of time there uh so, been a good um, one, yeah. so uh so yeah uh just before uh, i, I kind of close this up i do want to uh remind listeners if you have made it this far uh um, you know thank you for sticking around but also if you'd like to join in on the conversation and make your opinions heard you know maybe you maybe you agree with us maybe you disagree with us on some points um you know you can let us know uh you can if you're if you're an email person if that's the kind of uh, person you are you can send us an email at podcast at level um 
and uh you know if we if we kind of get those in we can maybe we'll read it on me to read it out uh you know or write your scripture on a a tiny piece of parchment and attach it to your closest local raven and at some point it it will land on my roof and wake me up in the middle of the night with its cause and i will i will get your note i'll pass it on to evan um if you if you don't own any ravens uh, <laughs> uh and if you're a twitter person you can uh you know you can send send us a tweet you can so you can you can send a message to the podcast at level select pod or you can get us individually um i am at evan o d and i am a n o h d e e and you can get jordan I'm at not your dad EO. That is not your dad EO. <laughs> the letters EO. The letters um, EO. Yes, same on same on Twitch? Yeah, not your dad EO. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I yeah, that's what I'm on Twitch, I think. Wait, what's my name again? <laughs> uh, I am changing it at some point, but yeah, for the moment, not your daddy O. Go check out Jordan on Twitch. Uh if you're if you're so inclined and uh, the youtube channel um and as i said at the start of the podcast you can find a podcast uh most places probably everywhere if if we're not on your favorite podcast service let us know uh and we'll try and uh, try and get on there um but uh but yeah that that that'll do it for for this episode i think uh it's been a fun one thanks for um, sticking around do you have any closing remarks jordan anything you'd like to have an egg every day it's good for your heart evan thank you very much good night